Hey everybody and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast on this Friday edition. Now we're going to go into Job chapter 6 where Job replies to Eliphaz. But before we get into that, I have a couple things to clear up or what they would call house cleaning items. Um, If you're new to the podcast, you can follow me on the Go Wild social media app. The Go Wild social media app is for outdoor enthusiasts, and it is a non-censored platform. Um, Go Wild prides themselves in not being a censored platform, so giving you the freedom of speech and the freedom to post things uh, in certain topics. And uh, along with that, if you want to support the the show, uh, you can go to my link in the bio on the Go Wild social media app, um, and I'll post a link up in the show notes. Uh, you can buy some Called for Freedom podcast merch. Uh, like I said in the last episode, in the coming months, um, I will be coming out with more designs, more uh, outdoor enthusiast-focused uh, So you guys can enjoy some of that. Um, I'll be coming out with some new designs with faith, outdoors, uh, patriotic apparel, um, things like that. So you guys can enjoy that. Uh, And also, if you want to follow my personal Instagram, it is at IBHawks on Instagram. Now, before we get into Job chapter 6, it is Friday. And what I want to do is talk about some recent headline news. And I found this one interesting. This one comes from the Daily Star, and it's out of the UK. And this one's about Isaac Newton. Legendary scientist Sir Isaac Newton once predicted the world would end in 2060. And people are terrified that he might be right. Many people have predicted the end of the world from St. John the Divine in the first century AD to random time travelers on TikTok. But while you might not take most of these prophecies seriously, when the father of modern science predict the end of the wor- all things, it's probably worth paying attention. Sir Isaac Newton, who made numerous pioneering discoveries in physics and mathematics, believed that the world as we know it will end in 2060. That might have seemed like a long way off when he wrote down his detailed calculations in 1704. But today, it's just 37 years away. And many of us will still be alive when that date rolls around. Recent surveys... Recent surveys suggest that roughly one in seven people believe in the world will come to an end in their lifetime. Newton used his close study of the Bible and other religious writings to calculate a specific date when the world we know would come to an end and be replaced with a literal kingdom of heaven on earth. He believed that in the middle of the 21st century, Christ would return and reign for a millennium, and the Jewish people would build a flourishing and everlasting kingdom in Israel. Newton wrote in the Antique, um, or in the Antique English language of the period, 
And he wrote, So then, the time, times, and half a time are 42 months, or 1260 days, or three years, and a half. Reckoning 12 months to a year, and 30 days to a month, as was done in the calendar of the primitive year. And the days of short-lived beast being put for the years of lived kingdoms, the period of 1260 days, if dated the complete conquest of the three kings, AC 800, will end AC 2060. It may end later, Newton wrote, but I see no reason for its ending sooner. Newton expert Stephen D. Snobelin explained that scholars have known about Newton's prediction for many years, but it's only become known to the wider public comparatively recently. For many, the revelation that Newton was a passionate believer who took biblical prophecy seriously came as something of a shock, he wrote. Snobelin added that scientists are still making apocalyptic predictions. Curiously, a couple months after the, 20, uh, the 2060 story broke, Sir Martin Rees, one of today's leading scientists, published a book entitled Our Final Hour. Titled Our Final Century in the UK. In which he argues that the human race has only a 50-50 chance of surviving the 21st century. With wars and rumors of wars filling our news daily, and the threat of a new pandemic haunting scientists' nightmares, it's easy to believe the world could be ending any day now. At least, if, we, if we're to believe one of the smartest ever Britons We've got a good 30 years left. That's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I mean, people don't understand uh, today that um, when they look at these scientists from back in the day, um, you know, a lot of them did study the Bible. A lot of them did read religious writings. Um, you know, atheists and, uh, you know, non-believers today want to just believe that um, most of those scientists, early scientists back in the day were, they knew, oh, you know, they, they knew that the Bible was all nothing but a fairy tale and it's all nonsense, but no, they, they actually read it and they considered it and they took it pretty seriously and they speculated on it. Um, and that's why he says that, you know, Isaac Newton, you know, believing in the revelation of Jesus Christ it became a shock because most scientists of that day were non-believers but they don't realize is that they also read a lot of the scriptures so it's pretty amazing considering when you I'll be doing a future episode on this when you when you read the creation prophecy and uh, there's also a, a movie out called Messiah 2030 um where it talks about how 2030, we are entering the seventh day. So, according to the creation prophecy, um, basically what that is saying is that the end is revealed in the beginning. God gave, 
he revealed the end of time in the creation of the world. And I'll be doing a future episode on that soon, but what I'm trying to say is, is that 2030 kind of, according to the date, starts the seventh day, which would mean that Christ would return at some point in this. I'm not saying 2030 he's returning. What I'm saying is within that thousand years, that day, okay, because you talk about the day of the Lord. Well, a day to the Lord is like of a thousand years. So if you think about 2030, between 2030 and 3030, Christ could return. So the fact that 2060 is a pretty logical prediction, but a thousand years is a long time. So um, nobody knows the day or the hour except the father. But there are things that reveal certain things. Um, which is pretty cool. And, and I, I think, uh, I think God is trying to reveal some things to some people. Um, like Isaac Newton said, it could end later than 2060, but I don't see it ending sooner. It's funny that he says that because like I just said, 2030 starts the seventh day. And it also starts the third day since Christ was crucified. So think about that. Okay, 30 AD to 1030 AD is the first day. Right? And 130 or 1030 AD to 2030 that's the end of the second day. So we're entering the third day. And what happened on the third day when Christ was crucified, right? He rose from the dead. So you have the resurrection prophecy type of thing, and you have the creation prophecy. We're also entering into the seventh day where God will give you rest, right? God rested on the seventh day. So it's funny that, you know, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, this article is coming out. It's, it's pretty funny, um, but it's also exciting. So if you're a believer and you and you love Bible prophecy like I do, um, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to think about. Uh, but anyway, that's enough for our news story of the day. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I did. I love these types of art, these type of articles. Um, but without further ado, let's get into Job chapter six. Job replies, My complaint is just. Then Job answered and said, Oh, that my vexation were weighed, and all my calamity laid in the balances, for then it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words have been rash, for the arrows of the Almighty are in me. My spirit drinks their poison. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray 
when he has grass, or the ox low over his fodder? Can that which is tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the juice of the mallow? My appetite refuses to touch them. They are as food that is loathsome to me. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would fulfill my hope, that it would please God to crush me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. This would be my comfort. I would even exult in pain unsparing. For I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should be patient? Is my strength of stones? Or is my flesh bronze? Have I any help in me when resource is driven from me? He who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. My brothers are treacherous as a torrent bed, as torrential streams that pass away, which are dark with ice, and where the snow hides itself, when they melt, they disappear. When it is hot, they vanish from their place. The caravans turn aside from their course, they go up into the waste and perish. The caravans of Tima look, the travelers of Sheba hope. They are ashamed because they were confident. They come there and are disappointed, for you have now become nothing. You see my calamity and are afraid. Have I said, make me a gift? Or from your wealth offer a bribe for me? Or deliver me from the adversary's hands? Or redeem me from the hand of the ruthless? Teach me, and I will be silent. Make me understand how I have gone astray. How forceful are upright words. But what does reproof from you reprove? Do you think that you can reprove words when the speech of a despairing man is wind? You would even cast lots over the fatherless and bargain over your friend. But now be pleased to look at me, for I will not lie to your face. Please turn. Let no injustice be done. Turn now. My vindication is at stake. Is there any injustice on my tongue? Cannot my palate discern the cause of calamity? Let's go back to verse 14. Verse 14 says, To him who is inflicted, kindness should be shown by his friends, even though he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Packing House Commentary states, Job rebuked his friend Eliphaz in this chapter because Eliphaz believed Job was suffering because he had sinned. 
Job argued that even if he had forsaken God, which he hadn't, true friends should still show some kindness. He questioned how Eliphaz could keep pushing the, the attack against Job. Today we might say something like, cut me some slack. Job made it clear that he would listen to his friends if their advice was good. But what kind of friend only argues, attacks, and condemns? When we suffer, we need words of comfort, not words of condemnation. In the New Testament, we are commanded to become a source of comfort to those who are suffering. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, To be like God, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians 1.4 the Greek word Paul uses for tribulation means narrow, confined under pressure, or to be hemmed in by difficult circumstances. After we have been under these stresses and God has brought encouragement to us, then we have an obligation to do the same for others. Our own suffering directly benefits those we serve. Oswald Chambers once said, Suffering is the heritage of the bad, of the penitent, and the Son of God. Each one ends in the cross. The bad thief is crucified. The penitent thief is crucified, and the Son of God is crucified. By these signs we know the widespread heritage of suffering. Lord, use us today to bring words of comfort and healing to someone else who is on the road of suffering. In Jesus' name, amen.